Hello and welcome to the the Bit Fact Retro Rewind, um, a bi-weekly show where we discuss a game of our and your choice. This week being my choice, I'm Mike and here to discuss the game are Dave. Howdy. Kev. Hello. And Craig. Hey. And this week we're going to be discussing the Mega Drive classic, in my opinion, uh, Shining Force. So Shining Force is a game that was released um, back in 92 in Japan and 93 over here in Europe. And it's a, a game from uh, a, a company called, well, Sega, obviously, but it, it's a subsection of Sega called um, Sonic Software Planet at the time, that you might know today as uh, Camelot. Um, so this, this, this actual game, Shining Force, it's the uh, second in the series and a prequel to the, the first game made by Sonic, which was uh, Shining in the Darkness back in 91. So it's a, a turn-based game in a similar vein to Fire Emblem. And in a way, it's for people outside of Japan's first, first entry in that, that kind of genre or to a, to a commercial scale, I guess. So anyway, I've said enough already. Um, let me hand you on to Dave. Dave, what are your impressions? Uh, it's awful. No, no, no. I, um, I'm a big fan of, of strategy games, and Shining Force has kind of always been that weird cousin that probably chews on its hair and just kind of keep off into a corner. I don't know why there's no real reason other than I came to it really late. Uh, the Genesis wasn't exactly my first choice of a system. I was very much a Super Nintendo kid. But since there wasn't a lot on the Super Nintendo in terms of the strategy genre, at least that I wanted to play, Shining Force was one of the games I really shot for. I mean, first it was, you know, Shining in the Darkness. And I don't remember if I got that, actually. Anyway, the, the first one I got was was Shining Force. And there were centaurs in it. And when you're a little boy, uh, anything that's half horse and half man and full of fantasy, well, that's just the bee's knees. So, yeah, I had really good time with it as a kid. Coming back to it, I mean, what do, what do you guys think? I mean, is the pace all right with you guys? I I actually, I've never played it before today, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Out of all of these Retro Rewind games so far, I'm actually going to go back and finish this off. I, th- I thought it was really nicely paced. Um, it plays really well. I, d- I didn't. I don't know. Why do you, do you think there was a bit of a a pacing issue with it? Um. Yeah. Just in terms of the animations, like I I tend to like my animations okay. like quick and snappy, and it's a problem I have with Fire Emblem mm-hmm. too. But they looked nicer than Fire Emblem. I'll give them that. It did look really yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah. I thought. I thought. I thought for its age, it it, it holds up really well. And um, I mean, turn based kind of strategy games aren't really my my forte either. Um, but I must admit, yeah, once I got into it, I kind of was really enjoying it. It's definitely a game I'll go back and try and finish. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm really surprised because uh, the odd thing about this game was was that it didn't seem like the animations, which were a, a pain for me, more the the length of time that the game can actually take with making you, uh, you know, live by your decision in, in cases especially when there's more enemies on the screen. You're waiting a, quite a yeah. long time to make a calculated risk. Yeah, I think that was the biggest drawback. Certainly if when I first started playing it was um, just waiting for the, the computer to kind of make their moves and stuff, and it was a lot of kind of waiting around. But um, yeah, that was probably the only drawback from uh, the time I was playing it that 
that was kind of the neg- a negative. The rest, um, yeah, really positive. I was going to say, on a counterpoint, I don't mind showing the AI's moves because, say, you were a kid and you picked this up without a manual, which I've picked up a lot of games without manuals. The Watching the computer play will show you how to use certain units and, like, when you should push them to the front lines, which ones you should keep back. Yeah, you know, good. it shows you that kind of thing. It would be nice to be able to turn it off, mm-hmm. but I'm kind of okay with showing AI moves. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, I was going to say the exact same thing because I at that first battle you get to, I lost it twice <laughs> um, because my my character I think Max def- is the default name of the character but my, I renamed my character accidentally to Badoonjungboomfer <laughs> um, I was uh... I sent him into battle <laughs> I know yeah um, I sent him into battle and he died and uh, he died and you end up back at the priest and I was like oh goodness so I had to go back and back before I realised that I was doing it all wrong <laughs> so um yeah, watching them make their moves really does help, just in, in, even in terms of where to place people and stuff. So creating wee kind of false choke points and things, it was all very new to me and I very, very, very much enjoyed I mean, it. Uh, am I right in saying? Sorry. It's a... well, no, I was, was going to speak about the, like, the, the kind of character depth. I mean, for all the time I played it, I, I didn't get beyond using the, the kind of guy you start off with, but I believe there's... I think there's maybe like 30 different characters that you can kind of pick up along the way. Um, so it seems like there's a lot of kind of character depth and, and stuff to keep you kind of going um, as well as the story, obviously. Yeah, yeah, you do get a lot of characters throughout the game. One of the odd things about it is that quite often you'll you'll come up to a, you know, like a, a pivotal battle moment and before the battle you'll be walking around the town you'll bump into someone and you'll say, Oh, this guy's uh, you know, Arthur, and he'll say, "You know what? I I used to fight." His little icon will pop up in the top corner. And he'll say, "I used to fight. I don't feel like fighting anymore." So you jump into your fight. You finish the fight off, and he'll go, "Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind fighting again, actually. I join up." For you. <laughs> it's, it's a bit of an odd way of adding people, but it, it quite frequently goes through that sort of stages. I think some some of it, like when at the very start, I picked up Gong from a hut somewhere just yeah. is his name gong and you walk up Gaul, to him and is. without is it not gong is it oh is it gong? <laughs> whatever his name is you walk up to him and without saying a word he's like yeah i'll join you and oh, then he, no, he wanders no. off <laughs> no you might have bumped into him the second time then because you can't actually bump into him the first time he'll say no i haven't got any interest i just want to sit here drinking my beer or something uh, like that right okay <laughs> then, then yeah yeah the just just after you've fought someone, you sort of like, you know what? Yeah, fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll lend you my. Hat. Is it more that like there's only you can only pick up additional characters at certain points in the game, or like you can bump into them before a certain point, but they want to kind of join you until you've done a certain kind of boss or progressed a certain point. That's what I was thinking, but there, there is one later on in the game which I remember. It's like a sort of like a rhino style guy. He's in sort of like a... He looks more like he's a character out of Chrono Trigger or something. But he's a guy in like a... I think it's a guy inside a, a rhino costume or something. <laughs> he's got all like steampunk style. And he um, and he's in a, a little workshop with a professor and they're, they're talking along. And every time you speak to him, I, I can't remember what the trigger point is to get him to join you. But 
Well, it's, a, it's something that's continued through the, the Shining Force series, this whole, you know, maybe this person will join yeah. and um, do you meet the conditions. But for the most part, it's usually just win a battle, talk to him again, and you uh, build up the force. Now, out of curiosity for you guys, do you guys kind of try to share the experience with everybody or do you guys do what I do where you'd like have one or two of your main bruisers and everybody else is just kind of, well, meat for the fodder cannon. I, I, I did exactly that. I ended up creating some sort of star shape with hands in the middle. Cause he's got a wee bit of stretch on him as we bow. Yep. So I just moved, I shifted this one star shaped unit across the, the board and, and just kind of like basically pigeonholed the enemy into corners so that we're getting attacked. Um, I did lose a few people, but I just filled I filled the back with whoever was kicking about. And at the end, I did, you know, I left my guy at the back to not do much just in case he died again, um, which I, f- I felt a wee bit sad for him, seeing as he's the best sword fighter in the world or whatever. But, you know... Um, he, he did nothing in the end. Yeah, I very much tend yeah. to favor ranged characters too in these type of games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do you know why he's such a good archer? Because he's got steady hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Oh, Craig. I think that's the first. Anyway. All right, let's let's hit staff. We'll try it again. <laughs> well, yeah, this, this is a. It's it's quite a common thing. I mean. If you've played more recent sort of games like uh, Fire Emblem Awakening, they they had a character in it. I think it's called Frederick, and he's basically overpowered from the start of the game. If you keep leveling him up, it's not going to help you in the long run. So I I took that as my cue to, for once, not not make one character do every single fight in the game and try and get more more involved. But even then, you still sort of think maybe I'll lure that lure that enemy out by throwing a throwing this rubbish-looking guy out there. Especially the healers. The healers yeah. are pretty much out of play for most battles for, for a large amount of time until you decide to go go quite solid against... Like, did any of you guys go up to the zombies and the uh, the mannequins? No. So these these are enemies which basically send you to sleep or or poison you straight away, and you're basically playing a... You, you need as many healers as you can on your, on your screen at this time. But, um... But though you said it earlier, Craig, if you get beat in this game, I believe the only penalty you actually get is um, your gold gets halved. So you can actually build your experience by repeating the same level over and over again. And just uh, and just basically ending it and going in, going in fresh. Although there's not a huge amount in the, the opening hours of the game to spend your money on anyway, so... It's probably worth just just buying whatever you can and then then taking the loss. That was a bit of a a, a thing for me as well. Is you've just been given this massive task from the king and he gives you a hundred gold. You're like <laughs> you're the king, mate. <laughs> you just asked me to do this and you're giving me a hundred gold. Come on, cough up. It's it wasn't a uh, hundred hundred gold is quite a lot in nineteen ninety three or nineteen ninety two. Guys, I mean that's that's RPG staple. It's all right. We need to slay the four fiends. Um, but here's a cardboard sword and a shield made of paper. Have had it, tiger. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, outside of the actual game gameplay itself, how how do you guys find the um the music? You know, that that's particularly one of the things yeah. that stuck in my head I, closely after a uh, Street Fighter Two. 
It's my next next biggest game. The soundtrack definitely. I think I think with these types of games, certainly going back to the, the these kind of earlier games and stuff like that, um, kind of catchy and kind of um, like kind of up tempo kind of music is kind of pretty pivotal, and certainly in this game, will start when you're kind of waiting around a lot and stuff. So, um, I'm presuming the music keeps keeps going in the same vein later on in the game. But the earlier the earlier uh, levels and stuff, I was. Pretty, pretty impressed with that. I I liked the music in the castle, the music out and about, the battle music, everything. But <laughs> the track that plays in the town was going right through me. I don't know what it was about the tune. I was like, oh my god, would you just shut? Would you stop playing this happy music? I'm not happy. <laughs> the battles are definitely where it all is. It's when you when mm. you um, especially you know the main the main battle theme the. They're just the, the the little bits of music you get on leveling up and on, um, you know when you get into a just a, a little view of a single one-on-one battle. There's all all sorts of crazy stuff, but there are there are some weak points. Well, I was gonna say I think I'm the black ball in the group on this one because I can't stand the music. I don't know what it is. Oh no! I know, I know. I'm sorry. I I, I just. I, I can't say I hate it, but it does absolutely nothing for me. It just kind of it, it just went right through me one ear out the other. I don't know why. I'm gonna I'm gonna give the soundtrack a listen later because there are, there are very few retro games that don't have good soundtracks when you listen to them. But yeah, yeah, playing this it didn't really do much for me at all. So I'm sorry. Now carry on. It took me it actually. I don't know. It might not be the same for you, but starting off in the town with that stupid tune, it <laughs> took me going to the castle, getting back into the town, getting back out, and getting into the battle before I even considered recognising that the music might be good. That first tune ruined it for a slight period of time for me, but um, it eventually kind of endeared itself more than it was an instant hit. No, it, it, is, a, it is a bad starting point. It, I remember, that's sort of like a sort of festival, carnival music sounding sort of thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. That's, that's definitely a low, low point of the entire game. But... <laughs> My actually my my lowest point of the game was I spent fifteen minutes um, in the tower uh, trying to get up and down the stairs because every time you walk left the stairs are pointing as if you're going to go back down them but you're going up them and I just I get totally <laughs> lost. Um, well, when I first when I first hit the stairs, I was actually trying to make sure that I actually went up like start of the stairs again rather than just walking on top of it, kind of thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so like out, down, left, up. <laughs> it is an odd one that I've I've never yeah. seen many games where you can do a sort of weird strafey walk up the side of a set of staircases and then just go straight to the top. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's handy not. though. It's yeah. handy. It yeah, works. Definitely. Is there a lot of stairs later on in the game? Is there a design reason for this? I'm not sure. I think it's just. I mean. If you if you've been to like the headquarters and things in the game, there's like a there's there's some quite you know c- considering this was what 1992, they had quite a lot of depth. It's not just cut and paste of everything all across the mm. place. Every every building seems to look a little yeah. bit different. They're not just going, oh this one's got a a red curtain instead of a green curtain or something like that. Yeah. So it does look like they put a lot of effort in, which is which is odd because um the the I think it's the the developer of the game originally, the main uh, creative director, he 
he actually he didn't take inspiration from um, Fire Emblem for for the Shining Force games, but from Dragon Quest, oddly enough. Yeah, that is weird. Um, yeah, and, and and I mean Dragon Quest has got the same sort of thing where you know they quite often try and spread thinner, you know, a default formula across the place and just just make changes which make it, you know, make everything look distinct in a way that feels sort of more uh, more real. Obviously, from a top-down perspective, which I haven't enjoyed in my life just yet. Oh, that's but, a uh... shame. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> now, out of curiosity, guys, one of the things that struck me was because again, like I'm mainly Fire Emblem, but which do you guys prefer? Do you prefer the way this takes place in between battles, or do you prefer the the Fire Emblem way of you're just moving from battleground to battleground to battleground instead of the in between bits? I like the I like the in between bits, but I think the the oddly enough the one point that none of you guys have mentioned, which which is probably the weakest link in this game, uh, probably due to its age, is the whole bringing up a menu to do absolutely everything in the game. You know, you have to bring up a menu to talk to someone. You have to bring up a menu to look into a chest. You have to bring up a menu to switch items across because your main character can only hold four items, so he's always over encumbered. Yeah, I actually. I found it quite endearing because I hadn't played it before or many of these types of games. I thought it was a really elegant solution to what could become quite a complex set of menu systems. You know what I mean? Uh, yes, and, it is actually. Um, if you've ever played Golden Sun, this is the original menu for that. So you get a little okay. um, nodding head and, you know, yeah, yeah yes and no things. It's, it's yeah. all really... That's what it reminds me of, Mike. Thank you. The whole time I was seeing those little buggers, I'm like, man, I know this from somewhere, but I, I couldn't place yeah, it. Thank you. That's the same company again, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know what? They did it in Mario Golf, too. You're right. Hmm. Um, I don't mind the system so much because, I mean, I mean, I play a lot of older RPGs, so to me it's not so much, oh, look at this old antiquated thing. It's just, oh, okay, this is how this game does it. That's cool. So, does anyone else have any more questions? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, as, as, as our, our, our guru on this little quest through Shining Force, you, I imagine you've played quite a bit of the series, right? Yeah, yeah, I've, I've played a solid amount of them, yeah. Out of the ones that you've played, I mean, where do you think this falls? In terms of, you know, if you feel like a Shining Force game... Are you going to pick this one up, or are you going to pick up something else? Well, this is the age-old sort of Streets of Rage 1 or 2 sort of thing. So it's like, Streets of Rage 1, it's got the best music, by far. But at the same point, it isn't really necessary after Streets of Rage 2. Now, Shining Force 2, for me, is probably the uh, the best in the series. I mean, Shining Force 3 is great as well but it feels like a completely different thing um is that the one they split into two parts oh three three parts i believe it is yeah but yeah shining shining force 2 is the one which basically makes shining force 1 look obsolete but the music's so good in the first one is a uh, you know it's i'm not sure i'd probably go with shining force 2 in the long run but you know, when when you first start playing games with stuff like uh, Street Fighter, you take music music as quite a big point of games. And uh, for me, I think that was uh, you know the, after Street Fighter Two got me hooked into computer games. Um, Shining Force is the one which 
just cemented my position in a way. So I think it's always going to be that one game that I spent all night playing when I was 11 years old and got... <laughs> this, this is a true story, actually. I got, I got woke, woken up from my um, pretend sleeping about 10 minutes before I knew my mum was going to come in the room. So I turned off the Mega Drive <laughs> and then went to school with a complete lack of sleep. And I think I did that a few more times at the age of 11, which is a bit odd for all-nighters. But, yeah, it's cemented in me. I, I, I don't think I could pull an all-nighter if you had a gun to my head. Like, I'm sorry, i got to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> now, just out of uh, curiosity for, for, for my point of view, right? See, the the series, are the are they all in the, the Genesis? Um, yeah, there's the uh, Game Gear games. There's the Saturn uh, one. Sega yeah. Saturn and the Sega CD one. Mega CD. So, sorry. Aye, so there's the three games spread out between those. There's, there's actually uh, somewhere in the double digits, I believe. There's a... Uh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah there's, there's PS2 there's games. Shining Force, Shining Force Gaiden, Shining Force Gaiden 2, Shining Force CD, which is... So it's like Final Fantasy kind of... Final Fantasy kind of... Can I ask uh, <laughs> skill? I like. No, I, mean, <laughs> I just counted the Wikipedia article, and has, unless I've miscounted, there's 36 titles Jeez. bearing the, the shining um, brand. All of the Camelot ones are up to the end of the Shining Force Free Premium Disc, I believe. Though. So anything past there isn't technically by the same developer, but it's still technically considered part of the Shining series. Do you know who took it over? After Camelot stopped, I looked into it, but I'm not not really that familiar with him. Okay, I can't remember the name, unfortunately. Didn't mean yeah. to put you on the spot, man. That's okay. Was it Flight Plan? <laughs> it could well be. Thank you, Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, my name's not Wikipedia. It's Craig. Oh, oh sorry, Craig. Craig. I thoroughly enjoyed it, Mike. It was a very solid choice of game to play on a, a Sunday afternoon. Not as good as California games, though. I mean, if we're being After honest. Ca well, yeah, second to California <laughs> games, obviously. So, is it, are either of you guys going to go back and, and fit, try to finish it off, or is it just going to be I'll bash away at it for another hour or two? Out of curiosity, no pressure or anything. I'm, I'm going to try and finish it off. I, I did one battle and um, had to give up at that point to live life and stuff like that. But um, I want to go back and have a crack on at it. If my burning question is, at the start, when all the information is flying towards you, I had the button held down to skip through all the text, and I got the, back end, the background of the story, but there was three options right at the very start, just before the game starts, there was... And it was like, choose. Do you choose a story? Is there three storylines to it? Or? No, no, I think it's. I think it's like a continue news game. And stuff. Oh, is that what that was? <laughs> I, I clicked it, and then I was like, "What the hell was that? What have I done?" You do get four four save slots, I believe. So, which all appear as speech bubbles at the beginning. Thank goodness for that. Well, I'm I'm gonna crack on with it anyway. Good. And uh, Kev. Yeah, yeah, I was for, for I must have gave it maybe an hour or so, um, and then I was gonna go back to it, and um, what I'd actually done was I'd uh, try to load up my save state, and instead of 
loading it up, I actually saved it at the Sega levels. Oh, <laughs> so I was like, right, I'm done. I'll, I'll just restart it again at some point. But I'm definitely going to play it again. Um, yeah, I, I'd never played it before, but yeah, I was, I was pretty impressed with it, with the early kind of stages of it and stuff. So it's definitely someone I'm going to go back to. I guess that, that leaves Dave to say, if you were given the option to mute the game and possibly <laughs> add a Final Fantasy <laughs> 15 soundtrack to it, would you be willing to uh, continue the quest in Sony Force? I, I don't know Final Fantasy XV soundtrack. I've been listening to Stand By Me on repeat over and over again just because of that trailer. Um, I I don't know, to be honest with you. If if I have a hankering for a strategy game, there are other games that come to mind first, like something even like Disgaea. But I don't have any plans to go back to it. But if I do get a strategy hankering, it might come up. So I gotta, I gotta be a, a bit of a whiffle on this one. I'm not sure. A bit of a whiffle. A bit of a whiffle. <laughs> um, out of curiosity, nice. guys, one, one I like thing I, I did notice because it went swoop right over my head was: Does anybody care about the story playing this game? The story. The story. Yeah, you know the thing that drives the game. <laughs> oh well, right, do, you, do we care about the story? Um, no, not not in the slightest. I didn't get into it long enough to kind of... I, I just got sent out by the king, and then it was like, yeah, I had to go back to the castle, and then I was it as far as I got, but... Um, I I am kind of, kind of into the story, but it's okay. it's mostly down to a game which, which none of us did play for this, which is uh, Shining in the Darkness. So Shining in the Darkness being technically a sequel to this, there's there's actually... um You, you get to see his character Dark Soul pretty frequently... And there are sort of like odd translation errors with Shining Force, which make them not match up a hundred percent. But if considering I, I played Shining in the Darkness before Shining Force, it was like it was sort of answering a few questions from Shining in the Darkness in in Shining Force at the time. So it's like I I already had a bit of a feeling of backstory. Um, yeah. By by the time you do get to Shining Force, it's you know it is kind of forgettable, but it's it's a vehicle to get you to the game and. The, the game plays what wins for me. Oh, yeah, it's not a problem. Yeah. I mean, most games back then were, here, go do this. They're bad. Yay, you've done it. Congratulations. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I was just curious because, you know, I, I tend to like paying attention to the story, and this one just kind of went right over my head. So no offense to it or anything. I was just curious. Yeah, that was the one thing I did find was the story from the start. I was like, "Yeah, let's just let's just get fighting. Come on." Um, <laughs> Do you think you guys would have paid more attention to... if if you had jumped right into the first battle and then after that it did the story dump? I I actually think that I, I might have paid more attention had I not felt a wee bit more if I'd had more time with it. Yeah. If you know what I mean, I thought out of the story and the gameplay, I wanted to understand more about the gameplay. Um, but it, realistically, if I was to go and say, I'm going to play a game, what game should I play? And Mike goes, Shining Force, play, play it right the way through. I'd have to check if it was the first game in the series. And if it wasn't, I'd have to go back and play the first one. And play, I couldn't do it out of order. Oh, man, after so, my own heart, um, Craig. Yeah, I just... I couldn't, so I would have been probably bought into the story, and I I did read that and 
is is this shining force the the guy Max? Is he not the brother or related to one of the key baddies or something like that? But it was completely missed out of the translation. So uh, like through, yeah. through through towards the end of the game, there's like other characters going, "Oh my goodness, I can't <laughs> believe you're making a death," and you you've got no idea why. <laughs> it's it's always been an odd thing with localization and shining force games, but. Um... I don't know if that was a, a, a part of that as well, but having a knight called Ken, it's a bit like Ken is the guy that, you know, works down the newspaper shop and <laughs> makes sure that all the shelves are stacked. Oh, come on, like he's that. also That's... one of the main characters that Street Fighter. I mean, yeah, was... well, then again, I mean, nobody wants the hero to, that saves their kingdom to be named Bob. So, yeah, they really should have added a different name to that one. Yeah, well, actually, the, the one that stuck out the most was clearly Luke yeah and yeah he's not same here, here tonight to comment <laughs> but you know we're talking about Shining Force and Luke isn't here could one and the same he's in, he's in the game ah. yeah I'm glad I ran him yeah. right up to the bad guys and got slaughtered phew that's a close one <laughs> that's exactly what I did <laughs> just because of his name I was like he's he is not surviving <laughs> poor guy so how much how much time like lengthwise how long is this game kind of typically for for just playing kind of like straight through, if you like, without kind of roaming too much. It's, it's quite a brief one, to be honest. It only clocks in roughly about 20 hours. That's that's not, not too bad for the, these sort of games, especially with the new um, Fire Emblem Fates clocking in at about 120 hours for all the free, free sections to it also. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's quite a quite a brief game, and it's, you know, it's, it's a lot simpler than a lot of... Um, of a you know uh, strategy RPGs, so it's sort of yeah. I'm I'm going to continue. That's kind of nice that it, it keeps it simple and it's it's what you call a low numbers RPG. You're you're not getting into the tens of thousands of hit points to worry about. You're not getting into all the you know well okay spear beats axe, but axe beats sword and sword. You know you're not worrying too much about all of that. Yeah. yeah, there's no there's no link ups between units and. The, yeah. The closest you get to any sort of depth is really the, the whole promoting bit later in the game. So, you know, so, one thing I would give this game, then, is it's a really good starter strategy game for yeah, consoles. Yeah, yeah. For yeah. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or a 33-year-old that hasn't played any before, you know? I hope That's that 33-year-old feels some shame. Yeah, oh yeah, completely, okay, totally. Every, every week, talking to you guys, <laughs> I just feel shame, you know? That's, that's part and parcel. Is it fair to say that this is kind of like like one of the earlier kind of games of this type? And, and certainly, like, it's you can see that a lot of, certainly the, the kind of Pokemon games and stuff with the bottles and stuff seem to have borrowed a lot of, a lot of that. Whether they borrowed it beforehand... I'm not exactly sure, but there's definitely a lot of similarities with later games that you think, well, they certainly borrowed borrowed the ideas from from in, in the West, at least, yeah. I mean, in Japan, they were there were a lot of uh, Famicom games, like a lot of them were Gundam games, actually, that were strategy games like this, but they never came over here. So when it comes to us, I mean, this was one of the first major titles to have this kind of stuff. So it it is a cornerstone for a lot of people, especially you. Sega people. Yeah, this this is this is our um you know our, our advance wars and this is our uh, fire emblem because we just didn't get those games until later. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, Pokemon actually came a couple of years later, so it probably was inspired in a way. And I mean, they're they're technically owned by Nintendo now, so you can see they're an influence. Yeah, I like Camelot as a studio. They they put out a lot of good games. Well, a lot of good sports games. I haven't played a lot of their other stuff. Like I I don't get along with Golden Sun very much. But I'm sorry, that's a different subject. So yeah, I reckon I'll probably go on to to complete this again because it's been it's been such a long time since I last played it and I just just totally enjoyed it. I'm I'm definitely gonna continue with it. And it's it's really nice in the um in the Steam Sega collection thing where you get a little virtual room and you get to put the cartridges in like back in the days and look at the really rubbish looking box art. Um, <laughs> hey, it could be worse, it could be Mega Man. Yeah. <laughs> it could be worse, that's definitely <laughs> Okay, so I think that just about wraps it up for uh, Shining Force this week. Um, I'd like to thank everyone for being here today. So that's uh, Dave, Craig, and Kev. And whoa, 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 whoa. Don't forget, my choice next, and it's going to be California Games. So guys, get your skates on. It's going to be a rollerblading good time. I can only assume by the silence that um, everyone's really excited about that. Thanks. Very nice, very nice. Look forward to that then. So um, that's that's it from all of us. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. I love you. <laughs>